Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grabacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Bill Parrott. Bill, are you ready to do this? Let's do this. Excellent. Let's do this. Bill is a CFP and the president and CEO of Parrot Wealth Management, an independent, fee-only fiduciary financial planning and investment management firm. I'm excited to have you on. Bill, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. All right. Well, George, thank you for having me on. feel honored and blessed to be on your show today. And uh, this is my 30th year in the industry, and uh, it really started off as a job, then a career. Uh, now it's sort of a calling. And um, started off in California, worked in Connecticut, now in Texas. But uh, it's really been a uh, three decades of trying to help people become better investors and grow their wealth over time. Congratulations. 30 years is uh, no small feat. So. No, it's been been a good run and uh, a long haul. And so you've you spent years with really large financial institutions that people are probably really familiar with. What motivated you to um, open up your practice? Yeah, it's a good question. Well, I started off working with Dean Witter in Pasadena, and then transferred to Connecticut when my wife took a faculty job at Quinnipiac University, and then I was transferred to Austin, Texas, to manage the office here. I uh, spent almost 17 years at Dean Witter and then Morgan Stanley, and it was really just by default. Um, I went to Dean Witter for the training at the time, back in 1990, doing stocks and bonds, and really wasn't aware of any other channels. No one really was doing financial planning at the time. Uh, the discount firms weren't really a threat to the major firms like Merrill Lynch and Prudential at the time, and Payne Weber at the time, and Dean Witter. And so really the avenue to get into the business for most young people, certainly young graduated from college in their 20s, was the Wirehouse Channel. In 2006, fast forwarding a few years, I was managing the office for Morgan Stanley in Austin. And Morgan Stanley was going through a few uh, challenges. So a friend of mine at AG Edwards called and asked if I'd be interested in opening a second office in the city to be a producing manager. And I thought, uh, what could go wrong? And two years later, the financial world fell apart. And uh, I ended up at Charles Schwab in uh, their executive services division, a new program that they launched in 2008 and spent seven years there. But after a while, I just got tired of traveling and crisscrossing the country and really looked at the RIA channels. Uh, I turned 50, my daughter was going to college, and I thought if I never start my business now, I never will. So in 2015, I went out on my own and haven't looked back. And uh, as most people say, I wish I would have done it sooner. <laughs> Fair enough. And a quick shout out to Quinnipiac University. That's that's my wife's alma mater. So like Valparaiso, which is where I went, not that many people necessarily have heard of it. So appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they probably know about it from the Quinnipiac Bowl. Yeah, and some, some recent hockey success as well. So Yes, sir. Well, I saw on your website that, that you are on a mission to remove confusion, complexity, and worry from the financial planning and investment management process so you can enjoy life. And that's music to my ears. Just talk to me a little bit about why you decided to uh, to to make that your mission. 
Well, I found over the years that people don't really know what they own. Uh, they don't know how much risk they're taking, and they certainly don't know the fees they're being charged by their advisor or their firms. And so I simplify that process to people. I use software from Riskalyze, uh, Money Guide Pro, and Morningstar to show people how much risk they're taking, where their assets are, and the fees they're paying. And more often than not, they're really surprised at uh, the level of risk they're taking and the fees they're being charged. And, and more importantly, a lot of their products and services they have are very complicated, a lot of moving parts. And so I simplify it for them. Uh, I use models managed by Vanguard and Dimensional Funds and iShares, very simple, based on their financial plan, and really focus on their goals more so than trying to beat the market or trying to find the best investment. It's really getting down to what they want to accomplish, what their goals are. And after they see the numbers, it's not my opinion. I'm just showing them numbers that is coming through the software. Uh, they make the change and it's worked out really well and we're able to focus on uh, their goals and uh, what they want to pursue. I try to get them to focus more on what they want to achieve uh, rather than trying to worry about what the market's doing day to day. And that, that's worked out really well for the most part. Yeah, I appreciate that. I think that, that the more we can remove complexity, I think probably the better. Um, but that's not necessarily what the entire industry does. No. You, wrote, you, you have a, a recent blog post um, talking about some of the reasons why people fail to or end up out underperforming the market. Um, we'd like to talk a little bit about what some of those things are that stop people from, from having investment success. Well, I think it's themselves. It's a lot of fear they have about the market. Uh, they're always worried about the next correction or recession. Uh, they're trying to time the market uh, based on what they hear or what they read. And nowadays with Twitter and Facebook and everything else that they're bombarded with, they're more uh, trigger happy than they have been in the past. Uh, when I first started, there was no internet and they got monthly statements and read newspapers, so they weren't likely to move as quickly. But I would say the reason they underperform is um, they're, they're trading in and out of the market. Uh, they're trying to get ahead of the next correction. And again, going back to the fees, a lot of them just have high fees, which makes it very challenging for them to get ahead. And so if they stay the course, stay invested, low-cost portfolios, they're more likely to beat the market over time or certainly get to where they need to go based on their goals. So my focus is really get them to have a plan, stay diversified, focus on their goals, and not worry about the day-to-day -day movement in the market. That, that's where a lot of people, if they follow that plan, will, will come out ahead over time. Yeah, I appreciate that. This idea of, well, it's not an idea, have, having a plan and understanding what it is you're working towards, the idea of, of sort of goal, goals-based investing. Um, I also saw on, on your website in, in, in a couple of different places statements of value, and I have to imagine that, that helping people to, to clarify what their values are is probably a pretty important part of being an effective effective investor, but also having a good sound financial plan that you're going to end up following. Do you, is, is, is that an important part of your process? Very much so. And I was meeting with a prospect a couple of weeks ago and she kept asking me why I was asking her about her goals. She was really 
caught off guard that I spent so much time focusing on her, her goals, what she wanted to accomplish more so than on the markets, her portfolio. And I told her, we need to figure out where you want to go to make it all work. And if we look at the month of December, which was a horrible month for investors, uh, I was able to go into clients' financial plans and they would call, click on the button and say to the client, look, you're going to be fine. This market movement is not having any impact on your goals, what you want to achieve and where you want to go. And so I spent a lot of time on the front end figuring out how to help people based on what they want to do. And it really, the plan quantifies and prioritizes their goals. And when we do that, it removes, in my opinion, the fear from the market. It gives them less of an incentive to trade or move out of the market. If it's not cooperating, I can bring up their plan. We could talk about their goals and let them know that they're fine. Obviously, if their goals change, we'll adjust the plan. But for the most part, the plan has allowed these people to stay invested through all types of market conditions. And as a result, uh, their accounts have grown over time. And that focus on the plan, and, and there's a lot of data about it. Uh, there was a study done a number of years ago that people that went through the planning process had three times the assets of people that didn't go through the planning process. And it's not that the plan has the silver bullet, but it just gets people to focus on their goals Based on that, the investments are aligned to their financial plan, and that allows them to be comfortable with what they own and stay invested through all types of uh, markets uh, up and down. You know, it seems like such an obvious thing, right, that, that you'd want to be talking about the things that are most important to people and then back into the investments. Um, but so often, that's just not the case. People are... And, and, and the media and, and, and everything, it just talks about rates of return and different things, but doesn't talk about what's most important to people. So I think that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's almost backward the way investments are sold. They say, we have this great investment for you. It's going to make you all this money and it's going to do great things when the market rises and it's going to protect you on the downside. But a lot of times it, it doesn't work because it's not right for that client. So I really focus more on Again, where they want to go with their investments and what their money with their money more so than I have this great investment for you. It, it's it's backwards our industry, uh, and I think if we get more advisors to focus on planning and goals, uh, the markets will kind of take a back seat, and those clients will be much happier for doing so. Yeah, appreciate that. Um, one of the other elements that you mentioned as to why people have a tendency to underperform the market is a lack of accountability. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, again, with the technology today, people can click away and trade without any filters, without anybody to, anybody to say, you know, time out, let's, let's make sure you're doing it for the right reason. And having an advisor is that accountability partner where we're able to really sit down and walk with the client and say, what, why are you doing what you're doing? What do you want to do? If there's no filter, they're going to make a lot of mistakes. You know, if the market rises, they'll buy. If the market falls, they'll sell. And the advisor's in there to say, time out. Let's, let's, let's let this kind of play. We don't need to make a decision right now. The accountability uh, in, in all aspects of life is, is very important, and more so with an advisor and a client relationship, getting them 
not to be so quick with their trading, again, going back to their goals, focusing on what they want to achieve. And that accountability allows them, in my opinion, to become better investors over time. Yeah, got it. Do you find that there's certain conversations that people really avoid having? And then let's take that one step further. What conversations do people really need to have, either with themselves, with their families, with with an advisor? Well, I would put uh, budgeting and dying at the top of the list. Uh, Very few people want to address their death or their immortality by um, setting up a will or an estate plan. Uh, They're concerned, I think, that if they – if they do it, it's just going to uh, expedite their, their end of time here on Earth, which is not true. It's it's prudent planning, but a lot of people don't like to talk about the end of times for their situation and, and budgeting and spending. A lot of people feel that if they go through the budgeting process, it's going to restrict what they can or can't do more so than a spending plan. But if we get them to identify where their their money's going, knowing that their estate plan is going to be buttoned up, then everything else will be much better. But uh, I would say budgeting and estate issues are two things that people really have a hard time discussing when it comes to setting up their plan and their investments. Got it. Yeah, those aren't the most exciting topics in the world, are they? (laughs) not, no. It's like dieting and exercise. Uh, no one likes to talk about them, but you got to do them. Right, right. Yeah, some of the most important things. Uh, um, so with, with the lack of accountability, something that I've been thinking a lot about um, is, is how community factors into changing behaviors, changing habits. You think about diet and exercise. Companies like Weight Watchers have been very successful, and even companies like CrossFit have been very successful because it links community with um, with um, with these important topics that help people to, to, to form good behaviors or good habits. That's certainly something that, that an advisor can help people with from an accountability standpoint. Do you find that, that there's other aspects of community that, that, that can help change behaviors or maybe help how people can, can help foster that in their own lives? Uh, I believe so. I'm currently teaching a Financial Peace University course at my church, and there's a community around what Dave Ramsey's done and his teachings. And I think that message that he pours into people is is sound financial advice. Uh, you had um, a gentleman on from uh, the Boggleheads um, a couple weeks ago, or even last week, and the Bogglehead community is very important. So I think what people read, what they listen to will help out their investing. Uh, certainly uh, Jack Bogle and Vanguard and the Bogglehead and what Dave Ramsey uh, teach, um, you know, it's all about budgeting, low cost investment, investing, diversification, focus on the future. So those are communities that are very beneficial and helpful to the individual and I would encourage people to get connected to those if they're not already. Nice. Well, Bill, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Well, we have all been given time, talent, or treasure. And I think we need to use one or all those to help others because uh, like it or not, we're all in this together. So we might as well make it a better place for all of us. Well, I think that is great stuff. It definitely gets a come on. Come on. 
And Bill, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Well, thanks for having me out. My website is parrotwealth.com. That's parrot with two T's, P-A-R-R-O-T-T, wealth.com. Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Bill your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to parrotwealth.com. I referenced a couple of his blog posts. Definitely encourage you to check them out because he's got a lot of great thoughts and insights on there. Thank you again, Bill. George, thank you for your time and very much appreciate having me on today. You bet. And until next time, like Bill said, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on!